Boy, what a blessing to say this prayer that the Lord has given us after seeing something like that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Makes me want to go there next year, see what we can do. So let's say this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I'm going to keep my sermon very short this morning because in some ways I think the presentation about God has already preached some of my sermon for me. Uh, but do want to just talk about my, my little phrase I've been assigned for this morning, hallowed be your name. In the Lord's Prayer, it's actually the first request. It's the first petition that appears that Jesus teaches us in this example of how we should pray. Uh, hallowed is a word that simply means to regard something as holy or sacred. It's this idea of something that is being set apart, not a set apart in some relationally distant way, but set apart in the sense of something that is not common, that's above that which is common, something that is special uh, and set apart for, for this, sometimes for a sacred purpose, sometimes set apart in the fact that it is just so beyond holy. Um, and Jesus is obviously not praying here that God the Father would become holy. He is holy. Instead, Jesus is praying that we would come to regard the name of God as holy, that we would come to understand how it is set apart above and beyond everything that is common. Throughout the Bible, God's name is really equivalent to God himself. His name just represents everything that he is. Uh, throughout Scripture, his name represents his character and his actions and his attributes. So when he says that we are to uh, regard the name of God as holy and pray for others to regard the name of God as holy, saying to come to understand who God is, the true God, that all people everywhere in all time would come to understand that the true God is worthy of our worship, is worthy of being bowed down before, is beyond and above everything in his creation, in his holiness, in his goodness, in his grace, in his love, in his power, in his wisdom, in his eternality, in every way, he's above and beyond. I have a quote I want to show you. It's from a theologian, Marva Dawn. It's one of my favorite quotes. She says, Surely one of the greatest problems of our time is that we have become so nonchalant about the Lord of the cosmos. Certainly, if we were more immersed in God's splendor, we would find ourselves thoroughly lost in wonder, love, and praise. With all the amazing sights and sounds of our cyberspace world, however, many of us no longer recognize that if we but catch a glimpse of God, the imperial Lord of the cosmos, the almighty King of the universe, we will be compelled to fall on our faces. Our awareness of God's absolute otherness would give us, would give us the sense that we could die now because we have seen God. And that's Jesus' first request. His first request is that we would come to see God. We would come to understand who he is, that all people everywhere, that we should be praying for that, 
that people would truly come to recognize God's holiness, how beyond us He is, how great He is, how superior He is, and how incredibly loving and merciful He is. That's our prayer, I think, because, because Jesus understood that if we, if we come to understand that, if the people of our world could come to see God, to see His beauty and His majesty and His greatness, that changes every request that follows. It's the foundation of every other part of this prayer. If we all understand this, then, then our requests for what we need change, right? It shapes the requests that we bring to God. Our relationships to others change, so these requests for forgiveness are different now. It has changed how we see others. It changes how we deal with temptations. Everything in the prayer stands on top of this foundation. This is the beginning point. One of the greatest gifts, as you've heard mentioned, Lynn talked about it, you heard it uh, in a little, it was a little weird hearing my voice in this video, uh, but that came from a devotion that I gave one morning uh, while we were, every morning we would meet with all the Ghanaians that were there and the North Americans and have devotions, and one morning I gave it, and that was part of my devotion that morning. And as I said there, as you heard Lynn say, one of the greatest gifts I have found my second trip now to Ghana, uh, that in this place where it is, it's, it's pretty harsh environment in some ways. Uh, there is real struggle, especially in the part of Ghana we're in, a lot of poverty, real struggle, uh, a lot of times a real lack of resources there. But I tell you, when you approach NEA, Northern... Uh, Northern Empowerment Association. Thank you, Kathy. When you approach NEA up there, the, the mission that the Menses have built there along with many others, when you approach that place, you kind of realize you're walking into someplace different. It, again, still a harsh environment, still limited resources, still a difficult place. But man, when you walk into that place, it is something different. It's something different than here. But you also realize it's even something different there that there's, there's just something different about the place. And the thing that stood out to me both times that I was in Ghana was what's different there is the way it is just part of daily life, common conversation, to lift up God, to praise Him, to bring glory to Him in everything, to look to Him for your help in everything, to, to truly believe that apart from Him, nothing good will happen that that is just part of the kind of psyche of that place. And it changes everything there. And honestly, it, you can't hardly be there without absorbing some of that, without that soaking in. What strikes me again and again there is just the richness of their praise for God. Limited resources, difficult place, but rich with their praise for God. It just affects everything there. As Lynn said, you know, every, every morning when I go out to the work site and you say good morning to people, you know, half the responses were, well, by God's grace. By God's grace, it'll be a good morning, you know. And, and you could say things like that, and it's kind of like someone sneezing and you're saying God bless you and you don't even give a thought to it. But you really caught that there was a greater sincerity to it. There was more depth to that response. There really was an understanding, no, this will be a good morning by the grace of God. And apart from His grace, it won't be. Every morning when we have devotions together, we'd all gather outside and have devotions. Um, you know, the common prayer of the Ghanaians was, God, thank you for bringing us through another night. 
God, thank you for the blessing of a new day. Now, we may pray that once in a while, you know, but you could tell there is a sense of, no, I'm really grateful I made it to morning. And I am really grateful I get to live this new day in your grace and in your goodness. A depth to it and a sincerity that, again, it's hard to miss. One day I had the privilege of, uh, I was invited one night to, to pray along with David Mensa, with his brother Peter, who's a pastor in the area, and with two of the other local pastors. And, and they gather regularly, they were telling me to pray like this, spend evening together in prayer. And they invited me into that prayer time, and they get down on their knees and hold hands, and they pray. And right before they prayed, one of the things David said to me was, right, now when we pray, we all just pray out loud at the same time. So there's this kind of cacophony of prayer that goes on when they're praying together. And it is a little disorienting, you know, it's just, matter of fact, David's praying in English, someone's praying in tree, someone in Mo. It's just a lot of sounds all at the same time, very loud and very passionate at the same time. And David said to me, and he was a little bit teasing when he said it, I think. He said to me, now, now this is how we pray, but you can pray in your North American way silently to yourself if you want to. You know, because we know you North Americans are. Everything's kind of silently to yourself. And I said, I, I think I can handle it. Actually, I wasn't really sure once I got into it I could, but I, I thought I could handle it, uh, praying with them. I thought about that later that night. I thought, you know, how much of our spiritual life is silently to ourself? How much of that is our North American way? Not just our prayers, but everything's kind of silently to ourself. I thought, you know, there, there's a place for silently to yourself, right? There are times to go into your prayer closet by yourself and just between you and God. There's some appropriateness to that at times. But man, I miss, when I came back here, the thing that immediately stands out, the difference, the absence, is that public, verbal, everywhere you turn reminder, God is present, God is good, God is powerful. God is at work. There is no hope apart from Him and His help. Those just reminders in everyday conversation, they're just, we're silently to ourselves. It's just kind of part of our life. I think we could change some of that. I think instead of reserving everything that's truly going on in our relationship with God or that we see of God around us, instead of it all just being to ourselves, I think we really would help one another if that became more with each other and that came more public out in our world, if we lived that out more openly, more often. And, and I'm a big silently to myself guy. So that's uncomfortable to me. You know, when those pastors started dancing the one worship service, I just thought, oh no, I don't want to have to dance again. You know, <laughs> anyone who saw me will tell you he did not dance. He just kind of walked behind them uh, because I'm not an out loud with everybody kind of guy. That's not me. But man, in your own way, however, however it fits you, I think there is something good about saying, holy is the name of our God. Hallowed is the name of our God. Let's pray for others to recognize and to understand, but let's also be people who pray for ourselves, that it would begin with us. Hallowed is the name of our Father. Let's say it out loud with one another. I often say to couples, you know, when I counsel with couples that, you know, I think the big conversations matter. I think the times you have those big conversations about the big issues and stuff, that's important. 
It's important sometimes you just really do something special for one another to say, I value you, I love you, I see you. But I often tell them, I actually think the more impactful, the more meaningful for a relationship, the thing that creates intimacy even more, are those little times, dozens of times a day, when you let the other know, I see you, I hear you, I notice you, you matter to me, I care about you. You know, those little tiny things you almost don't even think about that just become part of the routine of every single day. I actually think they're the things that probably bind a couple together more than anything else, create the depth in a relationship more than anything else. The big matters, but man, the routine, the common matters. Uh, I think it's true of our relationship with God too. Now, anything that becomes kind of routine we do over and over again, it's, it's that danger becoming a ritual and loses its meaning, right? That's always a danger. I really don't think that's the big risk for us. I really don't. Do you? Do you think in North America that's our big risk? Is that if we talk about God too much and too openly, it's going to become just too ritual and too routine? I doubt it. Uh, we may get there and then we'll talk about that. But I doubt that's the big risk right now. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's begin our prayers uh, with that, beginning with us. Let's pray now. Father, I just thank you for your grace and for your mercy, for your power, for your beauty and your majesty. I thank you, Father, for the great wisdom that is in you, that is you. Father, I thank you for the fact that you are a holy and righteous God. Father, everything about you is true and good. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes more and more to see. And Father, you'd help us to open our mouth more and more to proclaim your goodness to ourselves and to the world around us. And Father, we just pray more and more your spirit would reach into the hearts and minds of people and they would come to understand how it is your name. In your blessed name, amen.